and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things. A podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. So when I was a kid in elementary school, we spent time memorizing the multiplication times tables. We would take timed tests where you had to complete a full sheet of times table questions for a specific number and in a certain time frame. I don't know if this was within a minute or five minutes, but it definitely felt like the fastest 30 seconds of my entire life and was accomplished at a fast and furious level pace. The numbers seemed to blur on the page as you were scanning them and writing as quickly as possible, and the aims of these tests, the uh, reward for managing to ace these tests was, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) M&Ms. Well, that and, like, passing the test and not failing the quiz, as well as gaining the incredibly important skill of being able to multiply on the fly. Now, I don't know why, I cannot remember at all how this started, but for some reason, when it came to the sevens times tables, I had two ways to remember 7 times 7. It started out as remembering it by thinking of the 49ers, an American football team. That one, I could see a pretty clear connection, but over time, my memory trick for 7 times 7 became simply the word toothpaste. I would think of toothpaste and remember my 7 times 7 times table. I seriously have no idea where that came from. Maybe I had like cinnamon flavored toothpaste at some point that came in a red container and the jersey for the 49ers was a similar color of red. That's about as straight of a line as I can draw from toothpaste to 7 times 7 equals 49. So today, in honor of nonlinear thinking and connections we can't quite explain, along with a great way to keep our mouth clean, breath fresh, and teeth free of cavities, it is time for a little bit of gratitude for multiplication quizzes. I'm just kidding. Let's talk about toothpaste. While the tools for oral hygiene, preventing tooth decay and gingivitis, and giving us a minty fresh breath we may be familiar with today are pretty recent inventions, dating back to around the 1950s for most of these, our overall efforts for a cleaner mouth go back to around 5,000 years ago. And once again, we are back with the Egyptians. In 3000 BCE, the Egyptians had a fix for oral hygiene that involved eggshells, oxen hooves, pumice, pepper, iris flowers, mint, crushed salt, myrrh, and water. Pumice is actually still used today to clean your teeth, but the recipe these days is slightly different. The first recorded recipe we found for a toothpaste-like substance dates back to 4 AD. And turns out this was actually a fairly effective recipe. I mean, it would have hurt, but your teeth would have been clean. Early Chinese oral hygiene used ground fish bones and ginseng, mint, and salt for the same purpose, while Greeks and Romans are believed to have used ground bones and oyster shells. India as well likewise had an ancient form of toothpaste. Later in the 9th century, an Iraqi inventor who was also a musician and a fashion designer named Ziryab invented a type of toothpaste. He made his invention popular across Islamic Spain. Although we don't know the ingredients, it was said to have had a pleasant flavor and to have worked very well. In Japan in the Edo period, Hiraka Genai's Hikarakuyo had advertisements for toothpaste in a box. During the Middle Ages, Arabs are said to have used fine sand, while the Europeans tried using table salt. All of this may have had tough repercussions for tooth enamel, however. It's like a lot of abrasive material rubbing against your teeth. In the 1700s, we started getting something closer to the toothpaste we're more familiar with today, with such exciting ingredients as burnt bread or dragon's blood. 
which sounds really exciting and definitely gives a new spin to tales of knights fighting dragons. Turns out they were just doing it so they could brush their teeth. Dragon's blood is actually a plant resin that is dark red, thus the name. So maybe not much of a knight's tale there after all. But who knows? It's it's a very worthy fight. <laughs> so how did we get from bones to the toothpaste that we know today? Some of the real steps closer to what we're more familiar with came in 1824 from a dentist by the name of Peabody, when he added soap to the mixture. Then in 1850, a man by the name of John Harris made another addition by adding chalk. Which, if you remember from the chalk episode, still technically contains plankton skeletons. So uh, we're still in that ballpark. Prior to the 1950s, toothpaste came as a powder. In 1873, we got toothpaste in tiny glass jars from Colgate. This was the first bunch to, like, actually smell good, and it was also pretty smooth. Up until about 1892, when people were using toothpaste, we all used the same container. People would stick their toothbrush into the same jar of toothpaste to get what they needed for cleaning their teeth. Dr. Washington Sheffield thought that this was probably not the best or cleanest solution, so he invented the very first toothpaste tube. Rumor has it that it was artist's tube of paint that inspired his design. In 1914, studies showed that fluoride would be helpful for tooth health, and so it was added to toothpaste. It was around this time that some of the ingredients that were more abrasive to teeth and could damage tooth enamel were removed and replaced, leading to smoother toothpaste that could protect tooth enamel. In modern-day toothpaste, there are still some abrasive ingredients, and when you go to get your teeth polished at the dentist, they are using some abrasive ingredients there as well. That's how we polish it. As a kid, there were many fun options in toothpaste to help you get excited to brush your teeth. The one that sticks out most in my memory was a blue sparkly toothpaste that looked like you were cleaning your mouth with an entire galaxy. Another popular one at our house was striped toothpaste. Striped toothpaste was invented in 1955 by Leonard Marafino. Unilever bought the patent and began selling striped toothpaste in the 1960s. If you ever used edible toothpaste as a kid, when you were getting the hang of brushing your teeth and sometimes swallowed your toothpaste, turns out that you were actually using a product that was designed for astronauts. In 1987, NASA developed an edible toothpaste that a person could swallow for astronauts so that they wouldn't have to worry about spitting out their toothpaste while brushing their teeth in space with no gravity. Just toothpaste spit floating around there. Maybe a little bit troublesome. Just one less thing to worry about, essentially, if you could just swallow it. And now it's used by children, too. Well done, NASA! Everyone loves a great smile. It can change a mood entirely. Rembrandt was the first toothpaste company to start using the term whitening in their toothpaste advertising in 1989. Modern toothpaste really works to prevent dental diseases rather than necessarily remove plaque, according to a 2016 systematic review. Toothpaste today have three main components, abrasives, fluorides, and surfactants. Abrasives are used to help remove plaque from our teeth. When the dentist polishes your teeth, this is essentially what they're doing. It's also used to help remove stains from your teeth. Fluoride helps prevent cavities. Certain types of fluoride can even help reduce plaque, staining, and gingivitis, and can also help reduce halitosis and calculus. Not the math, but the rather hardened plaque buildup. The main goal here is to prevent tooth decay. If large amounts of fluoride are swallowed, however, it can be toxic, so don't go swallowing your toothpaste. Unless it's the children's variety created for the astronauts. By NASA. Still can't get over how cool that is. I would have loved to have known that as a child. I also would have made many more space-related sound effects while brushing my teeth. 
Surfactants are not found in all toothpaste, but they are found in shampoo as well. So what, you might ask, is the connection between toothpaste and shampoo? Turns out, it's the foam. Surfactants are used in toothpaste for their foaming, bubbling agent. The foaming helps spread toothpaste throughout your mouth, increasing your ability to clean your mouth. In addition to these three main components, you will also find other things like flavorants, antibacterial ingredients, remineralizing, and other components. Speaking of flavors, the most popular flavor of toothpaste overall is mint, which probably leads to the mint chocolate chip ice cream debate, but that is neither here nor there. There are other popular flavors in different countries as well, especially when it comes to children's toothpastes. In the United States, the most popular children's toothpaste flavor is bubblegum, for example, whereas in the Philippines, popular flavors are grape and cookies and cream. In France, popular flavors include mint, licorice, and clove, and the toothpaste coming out of the bottle can be red, like lipstick red. In Great Britain, you'll find a salt toothpaste, which also uses the salt to help produce more saliva, and salt can also create little abrasions to get rid of stains on your teeth. In Japan, you'll find toothpaste flavors like pumpkin pudding, eggplant, charcoal, and curry. In the United States, some strange flavors include alcoholic flavors like scotch or champagne, as well as toothpaste that tastes like bacon. No word yet on whether that makes it any easier to drink orange juice after brushing your teeth. I don't know about you, but I find mint toothpaste and orange juice to be a very terrible combination, usually accidental. Although we haven't covered everything here, these are just a few of the reasons that we have to be grateful for toothpaste. Whether it tastes like cookies and cream, clove, pumpkin pudding, bacon, or mint, toothpaste does the job to help our oral hygiene, which allows us to enjoy food, conversation, smiles, and even longer lives. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care. 